This episode is proudly presented by Ace Radio. Welcome to Women of Influence. On today's episode, we talk to Kelly Jetta. Kelly has worked for Blackfella Revolution on Facebook. She's a mum and educator for Aboriginal teens. Kelly participated in TEDx Perth, Australia, We Need to Talk. And last week was NAIDOC Week with the theme Voice, Treaty, Truth. This chat was so important, we're releasing it as a part one and a part two. This is the Women of Influence podcast and I'm your host, Kate Mead. Today, part two with Kelly Jetta. Tell me a little bit about the Blackfella Revolution Facebook page. I think I first started with that maybe 2014, 2015. I came on and started coordinating and adminning the page, I think when it had less than, it might have been around the 40,000 people mark and I really ran with it like I found like I had such a huge appetite um, for talking and educating people and what I was noticing on some of the other sort of Aboriginal run sites was that there was a lot of hostility and people were asking questions and they were getting shut down um, instead of these conversations carrying on and people learning people were sort of um, you know being insulted or you know um, you know there was a, a lack of patience and and I thought that's where I could really step in um, I was able to remain calm I it it's sort of, I think that's part of being a teacher as well, is that you develop a thick hide and if you were to take personally every insult and, and comment that people throw at you, you know, you would never have a good day. And so um, to a certain extent, you know, I was able to sort of push through those initial um, instances of, and, you know, conflicts in communication and actually just reach the person who was on that other side and, and help them to see a different perspective. And I realised I was kind of good at, it, good at it. I had a knack for it and so... I developed a real appetite for it and there were so many things that I wanted to address, you know. I wanted to look at, you know, the stereotypes that people had. I wanted to um, unpack a lot of the myths that people had about Aboriginal people, about all being doll bludgers and all this and all of that and there was so much and so I found for maybe a good year or two I was just constantly writing. I wrote so many articles, I did so many posts just sharing perspectives and ideas and I guess deconstructing some of those myths and those um, commonly held assumptions and doing it in a way that was so thorough and well informed that people couldn't argue with it. All they could do was sort of learn from it and um, and that was really powerful and you know a lot of really good opportunities came from coordinating Blackfella Revolution. The TEDx talk is one example. That's how um, someone from the TEDx team got in touch with me and invited me to be a part of that and so I'm forever grateful for the time that I had with Blackfella Revolution and you know, as I went on to, to study and my career progressed I, I could not commit the same level of time and devotion to it. It was almost like a full-time job but with no pay of course and so I had to bring other people into the team and, um, and gradually sort of um, relinquish admin accountability and duties for that and and that's fine I'm still able to contribute if there's something really pressing or that I feel I need to write about I I still get it in and get it on there and there's a lot of um, lasting sort of influences of mine that I still see on that page and some fantastic connections and relationships that I've been able to make through that page and so it's something I'm hugely proud of um, and I think something that was you know really really important. I think um, Black Rella Revolution in a lot of ways was um, a bit of a groundbreaker and you know, I've seen some massive change just in um, perception and attitudes and, and the way society's going from when I first started to now. And, 
you know, one example would be opinions and, and conversations around um, Australia Day or Invasion Survival Day, um, whatever people refer to it as. And I remember when I first started, it was just, it was ludicrous. It was absolutely a really outrageous, crazy idea that we would ever perceive of or conceive of changing the date. Um, and and now, just a few years later, that's well and truly a conversation that's, that's happening in all sorts of professional um, circles and already we've had a few councils and a few different cities um, officially change the date and, and, and no longer celebrate the January 26th and to see that that change in just a, such a short time I've realised you know how powerful the influence of social media is to get people thinking to make people aware and and it, it fills me with hope and that we're on the right track and that we're stepping in the right direction and as strongly and loudly as some people may resist and um and claim that it's not the right way or not want that, the general flow is heading in that direction. It's about awareness and acceptance and tolerance and actually seeing another person's perspective rather than just jumping automatically to the defence and resistance. So seeing changes like that, um, major changes, you know, across like large amounts of people has been really, really inspiring and has, has filled me with um, with hope for the future. And I think that sort of momentum will only continue to grow and Blackfellow Revolution and other social media outlets, you know, Indigenous X and, you know, NITV, there's been so many groundbreaking um, groups and organisations that have that have influenced and added to that. Kelly, I um, say again, help me as I craft this question because I did have a a good couple of goes at it and I thought I just have to bear forward, (laughs) Um, is then... How do how do we come together then as one? Like, can we build the bridge, the the us and the them stuff? How how do we practically start making those changes moving forward? See how I wanted to bumble through that. I still bumbled through it. I didn't want to bumble through you did it, well. but I... <laughs> no, you did well. You weren't awkward at all. No, yeah, well, that's a really good question. And um, you know, I'm going to say again, like I always do, the, the the first most important step is that awareness and that knowledge. And far too long, um, a lot of a lot of um, history and a lot of truths have been swept under the rug and I don't think um, avoiding and denying the truth in the past is ever a good way forward because it, that only keeps the wounds open of those people who have dealt with them. Those people that know those truths and those pasts um, are never going to be satisfied, satisfied with it just being brushed over and glossed over and you know remaining a forgotten part of the country's history. I think as a nation, Australia has to be... Um, needs to be brave, it needs to be bold, it needs to lay those truths and those past injustices bare and it really needs to deal with them once and for all because it's there's just not happening. Um, there are people that need to be held accountable, you know, the, the NT intervention who used all sorts of sensationalist, you know, media and reporting and, and propaganda to really to really spread um, a very negative and damning you know, image of Aboriginal people and communities across the country. These things need to be known. They need to be said out loud and people need the chance to be able to process them and deal with them. And so I think Australia in general, in general wants to gloss over a lot of things and sweep them under the rug and, and deny that they've happened. And it never stops surprising me how little the average Australian knows and you know, as a result of their, their history, their education, their upbringing, and I mean, a good example of that would be just a couple of years ago at our NAIDOC assembly and 
one of the elders there got up and spoke about her experiences as a stolen child and you know the amount of staff I mean the vast majority came up to her afterwards and said oh I had no idea this happened I had no idea that people who are still living today went through these things and and for me that it was it was a positive moment in that people were so honestly touched but it was also um, a very poignant moment in that it, it really did bring home just how little the average Australian knows I mean these are educators these are people who are supposed to be teaching um, the current generations and it was amazing how little they didn't know about their own um, nation's history you know and very recent past and it is it's, it's very easy I think to say oh it's all in the past oh it was back then get over it but what we're seeing today the the disparities um, between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal society the need for closing the gap and these different um, initiatives it all stems from from very recent, you know, um, and very traumatic events that have happened um, in this country's past. And so I think there needs to be an acceptance and an accountability. I think there needs to be some, you know, a lot of healing. And I think when Aboriginal people feel that these things are being honestly and disclosed and being genuinely dealt with, not with, you know, quick fix band-aid solutions, but with putting in the same amount of effort into healing as they did into the destruction of Aboriginal culture and society, well then the mindset is going to be all about, okay, you know, that's dealt with, that's that's something we can move on from now and, um, and we can start finding ways to work together. But I think as long as someone's history and their pain and their suffering is being denied, they're always going to be, feel that you know, that resistance and that, that feeling of being on the outside where people just don't understand and, and people don't care and, and it's not a nice feeling. So I really think it starts with awareness, it starts with honesty um, and our nation's leaders need need to be courageous, you know. Um, if you go back to Paul Keating's speech in 1992, I mean, I just can't imagine one of our current politicians making a speech like that, mm. actually really owning the wrongs and the injustices that have been done and looking at ways forward. And so in a certain, to a certain extent, I almost feel like we've regressed and taken a step backwards in terms of our leadership as, as far as honesty and, you know, accountability and authenticity city goes and change good change never comes easy it always comes with real effort and real work and and sacrifices but i believe it's worth it i don't think we can just continue to to move forward as if the past hasn't happened um we can see that's not working so i feel like we need to backtrack we need to to review what we're currently doing um make some changes and then when we're all on the same page then we can move forward together you know how do we move forward together when we've got completely different understandings and perceptions of our history of the way this nation was formed um i just don't think that's possible and so um that's very much what i guess my tedx talk was about as well it's about people need to know if they're going to care and be invested in part of the change and so let's make our focus helping people to know how do we do that we do that through good leadership through honest leadership you know we do that through education and, and making sure that people have access to the information and the knowledge they need to to be able to see that perspective to see that other side and and to want to join together for for the future kelly i feel like we're going to catch up in an hour, in um, an hour. We're going to catch up in twelve months' time, and there will have been a little pocket of um, political party that you'll have joined just to dabble in, just to see if you feel like it's a good fit. There might be something happening. I'm interested to know, and I'm conscious of your little fella there with you. Is um, what you're most yep. proud of of your work so far? What you've achieved so far? What What is the one thing that when you lie your head down at the pillow at night, you think, yeah. 
Yeah, really happy with that. Um, that is actually a really tough one um, because I guess in a way it feels, I don't know, I'm sort of going, oh, you know, what if I... I don't know, that's, it's really difficult actually. Um, I guess one thing um, I'm proud of both my partner and I is changing, you know, the culture of the last school we were in and between us, I guess we made sort of Aboriginal culture or Noongar culture, you know, not something that was delegated or off to the side, but something that was mainstream and, and part of the everyday and those students, um, we helped students to to embrace it and it was it became cool, you know, to, to really rock and represent your culture and to want to get up and dance and perform and that's a legacy that's still continuing now and there are so many strong dancers where, where we come from and, you know, there's a real love and a real pride in that and it was great to be a part of that. Um, and also just, I guess, the TEDx talk is definitely something that I'm really proud of. It was, I guess, my first real opportunity to talk to a large and sort of, and because it's online, I guess, you know, like it's not a limited audience. So it was my first chance to really talk to an unlimited audience about how I felt and and I had, you know, the opportunity to really talk from the heart and honestly, and, and that's what I did. And so, you know, I'm I'm proud that I found the courage to do that because, you know, um, I wasn't a good public speaker at the time. I'd had very limited experience and it was terrifying. Like, I can honestly tell you, I felt like a kangaroo in the headlights of a car. Like, I just, I did freeze for a minute. Um, and, you know, I thought I was going to forget it all and start crying and run off stage. But I sort of gathered up, gathered up my sort of strength and calm and remembered why I was there and what I needed to say and that was enough to get me through and so um, I am really proud of the TEDx talk and the fact that it's still having an impact today and so um, it's it's difficult because I guess as an educator you know the individual things are often just as important as the bigger things and so there are a lot of little different things and um, instances along the way that you know I'm pleased for and grateful for but um, I guess really I, I feel like there is so much more I want to achieve um, when I lay my head down at night I'm not sort of feeling good about all the stuff I've done what I'm doing is thinking how am I ever going to find time to do all the stuff that I still want to do and still want to achieve and I'm not sure you know at 37 that there's enough time left to do it all but you know I want to I want to feel like I've done everything I can to make you know the most you know beneficial impact that I possibly can and so I'm still looking looking for ways and opportunities to make that happen. And if there was one word to describe yourself, if I said to you, she is... Oh, that's so difficult. Um, real. Yeah. <laughs> real, I guess. Um, I, like, I like to think that I'm real, like in terms of, you know, when I connect with people. I don't sort of hide any part of myself. I'm not wearing a mask. It's what you see is what you get. And sometimes that means being very vulnerable and wearing your heart on your sleeve. But I, I find that that's the best way to really connect with people and for them to, to see where you're coming from, to see your heart and, and to know your intent. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's the first way that comes to mind. And I do have to let you go. You've got to get back to school and get back to boys Absolutely. and kids. Absolutely. Oh, so no doubt there's a line. Just give me your, your one thing... Kelly, you know, if there was one thing for us to all take away today, one thing for us to, to make a change in our community or for our kids or for our workplace, what's the one thing that we can do to get better? Normally I ask this question about um, what can women do to support other women, but this with you today yeah. feels bigger than that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would say, you know, what can one Australian do to understand and, and help another Australian? And I would say 
learn. Don't just accept, um, you know, what people tell you, what you see, um, you know, what you hear on the news. Actually delve a little bit deeper. Find out about the history of your local area. Find out about what's happened and what is still happening. Get invested in care because ultimately Aboriginal history isn't just Aboriginal history. It's all of our history. It's Australian history. And in order to know your nation and, and where we're going, you need to know this nation's past. And so I would say if, if all it is is just making that bit of effort just to delve a bit deeper and to learn for yourself, um, then take that opportunity to do it because that's what really opens doors and changes um, perceptions. And, and I would also say, I guess, as a second thing is be bold. You know, you, you may see Aboriginal people around, you might be reluctant or anxious or apprehensive. You know, the, the furthest distance between one person and another is a smile and often all it takes is a smile just to to bridge that gap and to, and to start a conversation. And so be that person to smile and to make that effort and to put yourself out there. It might not always work, but many times it does. And, you know, you just never know the rewards that can come from that. Kelly, thank you for joining us today. You are a woman of influence. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for listening to Women of Influence. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and give us a glowing review to help spread the word. If you know a woman of influence or are one, let us know on our Facebook and Instagram. Just search Women of Influence Official.